We are in a great, I, I love this series. We are in a series of messages called Disciple, Be One and Make One. And we're talking about what it means to be a follower of Christ and how to be a good follower of Christ because a disciple is simply someone who's put their faith and trust in Jesus and wants to grow in that relationship and should grow in that relationship. And so today we're going to be talking about something else that we need in our lives that if, to, to help us be a good disciple. If we're going to be a good disciple, something that we've got to have in our life is prayer. Prayer is a necessary part of growing in our relationship with Christ. So I want to talk to you about that today. And, and, and I want to be, you know, right up front as, as I talk about this, I know that, that prayer for all of us, we, we have our way and time and all that stuff to do it. And I'm just going to be transparent and be honest with you this morning and tell you that prayer is something that I struggle with. Now, when I say I struggle with it, don't get excited. I'm your pastor. I do pray every day. I pray, as I told you before my feet hit the floor. And, uh, and I pray throughout the day and, and, and that. But, but here's what I mean by struggle. One thing, you know, prayer is one of the most intimate things that, that we do with God. We, we talk to him and we pour out our hearts to him and we ask him to help us. And, and, and we're vulnerable when we do that. And, 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 and it's a private, you know, thing. And when we do that, there is an enemy that doesn't want that conversation to take place. And so Satan will do everything in his power to keep you from praying. He will, he will send every kind of distraction. And here's the deal. He knows you, knows about you. He knows the things that flip your switch on and off. And, and he knows how to push the right buttons. He knows what to throw in your path that just gets you all worked up and moves you in a different direction and gets your mind and heart off of the things that needs to be on. And so when I say I struggle with prayer, it's a constant battle in my life, day in and day out, to be intentional about prayer and not allow the enemy to throw distractions my way or not to tempt me with things that would pull me away from from prayer and from that time. And so I think this is an important subject. And, um, but I can tell you this, when, when I don't pray, it affects me. When I don't pray or, or my prayer life isn't what it should be, I don't experience God the way I do when my prayer life is where it should be. I don't sense God's presence and power in my life the way that it should be. When, when I don't pray. It changes me on the inside when I don't pray. And whatever's on the inside eventually comes to the outside, right? And so, it, you know, it, it's really an important thing. If I don't have prayer in my life, uh, I'm not an effective disciple. And, and let me just tell you, if you don't have prayer in your life, you're not an effective disciple. We need prayer in our life. I think we understand how important prayer is. I think, you know, that we, we we all have experienced prayer, and maybe, you know, you've had some time, and I know I've talked to a lot of you, and, and, and even in my own life, there are times when you've prayed, and, you've, and, and God has really shown up through your prayer. He's done some amazing things, some incredible things through your prayers. I've had people say things to me like, I can't explain it. You know, uh, uh, you know, I feel like God understood me. I, you know, all, all of a sudden I had this peace and this troubled time in my life when I prayed. Or maybe, you know, I, I felt surrounded by the presence of God. Or I felt comfort and peace. And, or, or God did this thing. We prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And, and it just didn't seem like this could ever work out. But, and yet it did. And God showed up and did an amazing thing. So you hear all those stories. And I, I think we've all heard those stories. You have yours. I have mine. And 
and, and we just know that prayer is important. It affects our lives. When it's good, that's an indicator that our relationship with God is good. And when it's not so good, that means that something is amiss, that we need to change it. We need to move in the direction of prayer so that we can grow and be good disciples. So today I want to talk to you about prayer. And we're going to look at a passage of scripture that is in a New Testament book of the Bible. Um, It's called Colossians. There's a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to a church in a city called Colossa. It was a young church and uh, they you know, knew Christians. Christianity wasn't very old. The church wasn't very old. Paul writes this letter. He writes this letter. He's in prison when he writes this letter. He writes it, and he, he writes it, and, and he just, there's, Colossians is one of my just favorite books. Um, it's, it's full of theology. It talks about the supremacy of Christ. So he talks to them about what they ought to believe and, you know, what they shouldn't believe, what they should believe, what they need to be careful of. And then there's some very practical advice in there on how to live our lives as Christians. And he gets sort of towards the end of the letter. He's, he's taught them all kinds of stuff. And, and, if, and Colossians is a really short book. You ought to go check it out and just read the whole thing. But, but when he gets towards the end, he gets in chapter 4, um, and I've said this to you before, but do you guys realize, I sometimes I think it's funny, but when, when I say like Colossians chapter 4 and I'm talking about Paul writing a letter, you know he didn't write chapters in his letters, right? You know, we, we put those there, right? You know, we broke it up so it makes in sections so we can talk about it and preach it and all that. But Paul didn't write. Have you ever written a letter like, hey, Susie, you know, chapter one? You know, I, if you ever do that, I'm not reading your letter, okay, if you send it to me. Because I'm like, I don't want to read more than one chapter. I don't know. I don't know about you. But, but anyway, uh, Colossians 4 uh, in verses 2 through 4. Paul says this to the Colossians. He says, and to you and to me. He says, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. And at the same time, pray also for us. That God may open, that's the people that were with him doing ministry, and he's in prison, but there's some people there, friends and all, and, and uh, people that work with him, he says, and at the same time, pray also for us, that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I'm in prison. He was in prison for preaching the gospel. And he says that I may make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. So when we look at the, this verse, I, th- these verses, there's some just some overarching principles here about prayer that I think we need to take note of. And the first one is simply this, we need to pray. First one's simple, we just, we just need to pray. Look at verse two, he says, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. His very first words, he says, continue steadfastly in prayer. Now that's an interesting phrase because the phrase continue steadfastly literally means to be courageously persistent. It means to hold fast to something and not let that something go. So Paul is saying that if we're going to be a good disciple, that we need to be courageously persistent in our prayers. We need to hold fast to prayer and and, and make sure that it's a priority and not let go. We need to always be praying and to make prayer an important part of our life. And it goes on to say, uh, being watchful in our prayers with thanksgiving. You know, this is an interesting part of the verse because I, I thought, what does it mean to be watchful in your prayers? And uh, so I, you know, did a little research and, 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 and did a little prayer and, and, and thought about this. And, and I'm going to tell you a couple things that I believe that being watchful in your prayer, practically speaking for me and you, what that means. It says, you know, to be watchful. Number one thing he's saying, I believe, he's saying that we need to be too uh, alert when we are praying. We're being watchful. We need to be alert when we're praying. Remember, Satan will throw distractions at you. He doesn't want you to pray. He doesn't want you to do that. 
So he'll throw distractions at you. Anybody ever had a distraction when you're praying? Have you ever tried to pray in the morning doing your quiet time and all you can think about is the roast beef that's in the, that you're cooking for lunch? You know, and all of that keeps coming into your mind or you got to get the kids to soccer, you got to do this and that. Satan just wants to put all this stuff so we, in your mind. So we need to be watchful when we're praying. We need to be attuned to what can come our way that would distract us. And we try to find a place to go pray that we can, it can be in the quiet. There's nothing wrong with praying if you're driving your kids to school or if you're doing something. There's nothing wrong with praying. You ought to be praying all the time. But don't make that your quiet time. First of all, you're trying to watch out for other cars and you're trying to keep the kids quiet and you're watching for traffic lights, trying to obey the laws and all that stuff. You can't focus when you're in a situation like that. So it may mean you have to get up a little earlier in the morning. It may mean you have to go to bed a little later after everybody else. But find some time so that you can get it in an undistracted distracted environment and where you can spend some time with God. Be watchful in your prayers. And, uh, and the second thing is this. It also means that we need to be tuned in to those things that we need to be praying for. You know, um, there, there are a couple different kind of ways to pray. One, we can pray very general prayers. And sometimes we do that. I pray for you guys, you know, every day. You know, God, would you bless all the folks at Heartland? Would you, would you bless every family? You know, just an, an overarching prayer for your well-being and for your spiritual growth and that God will protect you and take care of you and all those kind of things. Those are good prayers and, um, and, and, and you ought to pray those kind of prayers. But, but you also being watchful, we need to be paying attention to what needs prayer. That's why we ask you to put prayer requests up on the cross and stuff and to send them in. And, and those folks that are online, you send your prayer requests in. And, um, and it's good to see all of you today too. But, but, but that's why we do that because we want to know specifically how to pray for you. We want to pray for those things in your life that are going on where, you, you know, maybe you need a little help here. Maybe there's a sickness. Maybe there's a great opportunity and you're praying about a decision you need to make. Whatever, we want to be there and we want to pray specifically. Sometimes general prayers can become a little rote. You know, you just kind of go through them. You know, I don't know about at your house, but, but when I was growing up, my, my two grandfathers, I'll use them as an example. Um, my, uh, my, my, my dad's dad, Rufus Edward Kendrick I, senior, I'm the third, if you didn't know that. I'm Rufus, okay? And uh, the right Reverend Rufus, okay. And, um, and then uh, my, my, other, uh, my other grandfather was, was James Wiley Creech. So, so these two grandfathers, but when I go to their house, and uh, they would pray, they always prayed, they were Christian men, they would pray. But each of them prayed exactly the same every time we sat down to eat. And it was kind of quick. Everybody sat down, you folded your hand, you bowed your head, yada, yada, one of them went, ba 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 it was done. The other one went, ba ba Bop, 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 and it was done. Okay, but they did the same thing. I mean, it was always the same prayer. Now, I'm not saying anything bad against them. It was just they had sort of, over the years, made a concise prayer. But do you do that? You know, you have a little prayer you pray when you sit down. But if you're not careful, can't your prayer just become, we just did it. We just said it. You know, you, you know it's a good thing. Maybe when you go to lunch today, and when you sit down at lunch today, instead of saying what you always say, just take a minute and just say it a little different today. Thank God for the food. Thank him that it gives you the energy to do what you need to do. Thank him because it brings you health. Thank him because he gave you the resources to put it on the table. Maybe just take some time and pray a little different. Pray specifically. I think being watchful means to pay attention to the things that need prayer. And Because when, there, when you pray specifically about a specific thing, there's more passion in the prayer. You know, there, you know there, there's more passion in it, and, and your heart is in it, and uh, I think that's important, and uh, we need to be devoted to prayer. Psalm 141.2 said, let my prayer be counted as incense before you, the psalmist says, and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. 
You know, um, one time I heard a preacher say this years ago, I don't know who it was and where, but, but I wrote this down. It said, if there's no fire on the altar, the incense will not rise to God. There's got to be passion in our prayers. There's got to be heart in our prayers. It's not just a rote thing that we do. So we got to pay attention to that. We got to be watchful when we pray. And by the way, you need to pray because you can't get it. You're not going to get an answer to your prayer if you don't pray. <laughs> right? You know, so, so go to God and pray. And, and Paul also says to be watchful in it. And listen to this, with thanksgiving. You know, whenever you pray, uh, it almost goes without saying, uh, our prayers should always be seasoned with thankfulness. We should all, always be thanking God when we're praying. We have a lot to be thankful for. I don't know about you, but I have a lot to be thankful for. You know, you woke up this morning, you got a lot to be thankful for. You know what? You, if you're a believer, you're a Christ follower, you're, you're a Christian, you've placed your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ, you know, you were separated from God and you were destined to spend your eternity separated from him in hell and he saved you even when you didn't deserve it and now you get heaven, you got a lot to be thankful for, right? We, we have a lot to be thankful for. We, have, we can be thankful for God's presence in our life. Aren't you glad that he shows up and that he's present in our lives? How about the provision, the things he gives us, you know, uh, and, and the way he takes care of us, uh, uh, the pardon of our sins, uh, the promises that he gives us. I laughed at this. I didn't mean to do this. The purpose, all those things starts with a P. That's a preacher thing right there. Say amen. Right there, right there. Listen, God's presence, provision, pardon, promise, purpose. That'll preach right there. And, and maybe another day, we'll do it. Romans 8, 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. When you have a relationship with Jesus, God is there for you to help you to fight your battles and to help you overcome and to get through and over and around and under things that are there in your life and to, and to move your life forward. And, um, and so we need to pray. Uh, we need to be people of prayer. The next thing we see in the passage is that we need to not just pray, and we need, to, we need to pray, we need to pray, we need to be watchful, we need to be praying specifically and paying attention and all those kind of things, but we also need to pray for each other. We see that in this passage, but, you know, Colossians 4.3 says, at the same time, pray also for us. Paul is saying, okay, while you're praying, pray for us. And, um, and for other people, for, for, them, for those guys that were with him. He says that God may open to us a door for the word, and he tells them what to pray for here, to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I'm in prison. Now, we obviously need to pray for ourselves. Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. We need to be praying. Okay, but 1 Peter 3, 12, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. We need to pray for ourselves. But here, Paul is saying, not only do you need to pray for yourselves, but we need to be praying for each other and for other ministries. And I think this is really important. We need to be praying for others and also for other ministries. We need to be praying for each other in the church. Uh, when um, we hear about, if we're involved in a small group, that's a great way to learn about what's going on in other people's lives. And you can be praying for them and they can be praying for you. And we also need to be praying for other ministries. You know, we talked about Life Choice Pregnancy Center earlier. This is a Sanctity of Life Sunday. And you know what? All of us in our church, that's a ministry that we support. Everybody here, that ought to be on your prayer list. 
everybody here, when you pray, you ought to be praying, take a little bit, a moment of time and pray for life choice, that God would help them to do their ministry well, that they would be successful, that they would be able to share the gospel with the young ladies and the young men that come into that place. And that these little ba- unborn, baby li- unborn babies' lives would be saved because of the ministry that they do there. We need to pray for them. Other ministries, there's FX ministry and, and the mission downtown and when we had different ministries that we support, or maybe you support a ministry somewhere that um, you've been involved with. Maybe it's your compassion ministry, the compassion children, and, and for that ministry. But we need to be praying for others. That's important. And Paul's asking the Colossians to pray for him and his fellow workers and, and, and their ministry so that they get good results. He makes a similar request in Romans uh, chapter 15. He says, I appeal to you, brothers, by, the, by our Lord Jesus Christ, and by the love of the Spirit to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf. So again, Paul is saying, pray for others, pray for him. And, uh, and so we know that being involved in ministry is not easy, right? And, and we need to pray for ministries and for people involved in ministry. And by the way, if you're a disciple, if you've placed your faith and your trust in Jesus at some point in time, if you've done that, you have been given spiritual gifts, you're involved in ministry. If you're not even doing, if you're not doing something at Heartland, that doesn't mean that you're not involved in ministry. Because you see, you're a believer. You should be sharing Christ with other people. That's evangelism. So you're an evangelistic minister or whatever. You know. So you you are all involved in ministry. We're all uh, you know moving forward together, trying to advance the kingdom of God together. And so we're all involved in it. And there's a lot of work when you're in ministry and when you're a Christian because you've got your all the stuff of your life going on. And now you're involved in ministry. And so there's extra time and energy and effort that's involved in all that. And, um, and, and when you're involved in ministry, um, then you're involved in spiritual warfare. The moment you're involved in ministry, the moment that you put your faith and trust in Jesus, the moment that you start trying to advance the kingdom, the moment you start trying to minister, support a minister, ministry, pray for a ministry, the moment you do those things, Satan gets in high gear and there's spiritual warfare that's ta- taking place. He doesn't want you to be successful. He doesn't want those ministries to be successful. So this is an important thing. Listen to Ephesians 6:12 describe what's going on when you're a believer and you're praying for other ministries and when you're involved in other ministries and things. Listen to what it says. It says, "For we do not wrestle, wrestle. I'm from Polk County. Can I just say wrestle? Because that's the, that. I, you know, you say I, my wife always gets it's wrestle. It no, it's I'm from Polk County. It's wrestle." Okay, so we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Let me tell you something. If you're going to do battle in that kind of realm, you better be prayed up, right? You better be prayed up. And, 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 you know, so often we want to fight the battle ourselves. I've got some news for you. Everything that goes on in the world, everything that's going on in our country, everything that's going on in the world, all the stuff that we're going on, let me tell you, there's just a spiritual warfare happening right here. The best thing you can do is you can get on your knees and pray. That's what you can do. You can pray hard and ask God to do what only God can do. But we can, we can do that. But, you're, but you've, you've got to understand, if you're praying for a ministry, if you're praying for someone, you're engaged in spiritual warfare. And if we fail to lift each other up, the ministries are going to suffer. We're going to suffer if we don't lift each other up. We'll never see God work in the way that he wants to work if we don't lift each other up. You know, God does all of his gracious work 
all the things that he does, he does it in such a way as it says, I think it describes it well in 1 Corinthians. It says he does it so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. You know, one of the reasons prayer is so important is because God wants us to pray and expects us to pray because God wants the world to see God do God's stuff. He, he wants the world to see that even when things seem hopeless, even when it seems helpless, even when it seems like things are absolutely crazy, God wants us to pray and to trust him and to watch him work so that we can point to him and he gets the glory and we can say, that's a God thing. You see, that's what he wants to have happen. He expects us to come to him in prayer. It shows our trust in him and our understanding that we can't accomplish everything on our own. Paul says, at the same time, pray also for us. Pray for others. Pray for ministries and other people. And then he goes on, and it gets a little bit more personal for me because he's talking about praying for your pastors. He says, at the same time, pray also for us. But then he says what to pray for. He says that God may open us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison. And listen to verse 4 that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. So, so he's saying, pray for me that when I proclaim the gospel, that I do it in such a way that people get it, that, it, that, it's, that they understand it, that they can apply it to their life, that it can change them, that maybe they can take that same message and go out and explain it to somebody else. And so he's saying, as a pastor, to pray for me, listen, you need to pray for your pastors, all of us that, that have been called into vocational ministry, you need to pray for us that we proclaim the gospel and we proclaim it clearly. You know, one of my big prayers uh, that, that I pray all, all the time, I've shared some with you before. One of the prayers I've prayed since I started Heartland and, um, is simply this, that God will help me communicate in a way that you get it. Now, I know that's, that's kind of simple, but, you know, I don't want to be the most, I don't need to be the most eloquent person in the whole wide world. I don't even want to be the most eloquent person. I don't want to get up here and spout off 14 Greek words. Every now and then we might throw one in because you need to know what it means. I don't want to do that. I just want to preach the gospel. And I want to take these concepts and I want to take the, 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 the instructions and the commands of Scripture and the Word of God. And I just want to be able to speak it to you guys so that you can go, I get that and I can do that so that it makes a difference in your life. And that's what Paul's saying, I want you to pray for me. And I'm telling you right now, I want you to pray for me, that I can always do that, that I, that I can always do that. Because I can get up here and talk. I can just get up here and ramble on and talk. I can scream, spit, snort, stomp. I can do whatever you want me to do. But if you walk out of these doors and you don't get it, what's that for? What good's it done anybody? You know? Some people kind of, actually get on to me sometimes because I don't yell and scream and spit and snort and they don't think I preach because I don't do that. Spit and snort and stomping doesn't have anything to do with preaching and it doesn't have anything to do with anointing. It just has everything to do with somebody's style. Quite frankly, I grew up in a lot of churches where guys screamed and yelled and I never did understand what they said. And they died early of heart attacks. It was crazy. But, but, but I'm just, you, you just need to hear the word of God. You need to understand the word of God. That doesn't mean not, I don't want to speak it with passion, 
but you need to understand it. But I need you to pray that I can communicate it effectively. And all of our pastors can do that. Everybody here, if you're back there with the children, if Doyle's back there with the children, you need to pray for Doyle that he can minister to those kids, that the other guys can minister to the students, whoever, whatever they're doing. You need to pray for your pastors. There's a great example in the Bible about this, and, and um, it's found in the Old Testament. I'm going to tell you this real quick, but um, it's a story of Moses. And they, they were fighting a battle, and they were, uh, they were fighting this guy Amalek and, and his forces, and, and, um, and Moses goes up, and he's... Um, fighting the battle. And, and he's, he, obviously, he has God's favor, and he's a great man of God. And when Moses would raise his hand, and, and the Israelites would win, be winning the battle. They had to win. But anytime he let his hands down, the, the Amalek and his forces would start winning the war. And Moses, the Bible says, grew weary. I'll read it to you real quick. It says, then Amalek came and fought with Israel at Rephidim, So Moses said to Joshua, choose for us men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses told him and then fought with Amalek. And while Moses, Aaron, and Hur, these other two guys, Aaron and Hur, they went up to the mountain with Moses. And when Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed. Whenever he lowered his hand, Amalek prevailed. Moses' hands grew weary. So so, so Aaron and Hur, they took a stone and they put it under Moses. And he sat down on the stone. And while Aaron and Hur held Moses' hands up, while they held him up, one on one side, one on the other, and so his hands were steady until the going down of the suns. And then they, they defeated Amalek. And that's a great story because it says these guys came along beside their leaders and they held their, his hands up. They came along beside Moses and they held his hands up. They put him on a stool. They held his hands up. So they were there to support them. Well, the way you do that is, I don't, you know, for me or for our other pastors, I don't need you to bring my stool so I can sit down on it and hold my hands up. I don't need you to do that. But what I need you to do is I need you to pray because that's how you help me hold my hands up. It's through prayer. So pray for your pastors. That's an important thing to do. Pray for, listen, we, we are ministering, and I'm, I'm going over in time here, but I'm gonna, I gotta do this. We're, we're ministering in the most weird times ever. I mean, I mean this, this last year in our country has been the craziest time ever in my life. And, and we're ministering in a weird time. We need wisdom. As we make decisions for this church that affect a few thousand people, Every time I make a decision, people get mad at me for making the decision. It's, it's a, I don't like it. I don't like masks. I don't like this. I don't like, it's too bad. <laughs> you listen to me. I'm, we're making decisions for thousands of people. And it ain't about you. And if you're a Christian and you love Jesus, you'll just put it on and smile underneath it. Okay? And just do what you need to do to help us get through this and quit whining and moaning. I'm getting mad about this. It's a conspiracy. I don't care. It's our conspiracy here at Heartland. We want to keep you safe as we can. So just smile and be a good Christian and quit acting like it's all about you. It's about Jesus. Okay, I've been wanting to do that for three weeks. I got it out of my system. I'm good now. All right, let's go on. All right. Moses was a great leader. Now listen, I know that prayer is personal. I know it's one of those things that you've got your way and I've got my way and all that kind of thing. But I know that there are some people that struggle with it. You don't quite know how to move 
forward with it. You're not sure if you're doing it right. And so I'm excited because when you came in today in your seat or by you, there was a little card. And we want to give you that card today. And I'm going to go over it real quick with you. It's basically a little way that you can pray, a little guide to you as you pray. And, and, and like if you look at the front where it says pray on the front up top real big, and it says A-C-T-S, that's a, that acrostic, and it stands for adoration. When you start praying, it's saying, look, when you go to pray, give adoration to God. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember that? We've, we've read that, that Paul has done that when he's, when he's prayed before. God, you're great. God, you're good. God, you are, you know, I thank you for your, you, that you're holy, just, and right, and pure, and, and all that you are. You're, you know, you're, you're, the, you're the creator of everything. I give you glory and honor and praise. That's adoration. You start your prayer that way. Then you go to confession. God, you're great, and I'm small. God, I'm a sinner, and, you, and only because of your grace am I saved. And God, I sin, and every day I struggle with this. I need to confess this sin. I need to confess that sin, and I need help. And you, you pray confession. Then you go to thanksgiving. God, I thank you for forgiving me of my sin. I thank you for the way you bless me. I thank you, God, for the way you take care of my family. I thank you, God, that even in the midst of this storm that you're with me. And I thank you, God, that you've given me this great opportunity. Whatever it is, you thank him. And then supplication. Then when you get to the end, you say, God, and you know, there are some things that I need help with. God, there's this thing that, you know, God, I'm dealing with an illness. God, I'm, 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 I'm having a financial issue. God, there's a family problem that we're trying to work out. God, there's this thing at work. God, there's this thing, whatever it is, and you ask God to help you. And so you just go through this ACTS, Acts, and, and this is a great little model for prayer. And if you flip it over on the back, it's a cool thing too. And I don't know if you've ever done this, but when you read scripture, you can actually use this model to pray through scripture. You read your scripture that you're studying, and then you, you ask questions. What does this text say about God that I can adore and praise him? Then next, how does this passage promote confession of my sin? What do I need to confess to God? The next thing, what does scripture say that I should offer as thanksgiving to God? And then finally, does this text stir up things that I need to ask of God? What other things do I need to ask of God? So I want you to take that and, and use it. And, and just imagine if we all prayed seriously. Imagine if we all get this right. Listen, we, we want you to take this card and I want you to use it. I, what, what might God do if we all got serious about prayer? If we took the time and we were intentional we didn't let things distract us and we did it. What, what might happen if we all got serious about this? I think that God would show up and do things that would blow our minds, what I think. But we've got to pray. So we need you to pray. And if you're going to be a good disciple, you need to pray. And if you're not a disciple, if you have never placed your faith and your trust in Jesus, there's only one prayer that can fix that. And that's the prayer of repentance, the prayer of salvation, the prayer where you come before God and from the depths of your soul, you cry out to God and say, God, I'm a sinner. And God, I, I, I need to be forgiven of my sins and I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins. And I'm asking you to cleanse me of my unrighteousness. And I'm coming to you and I'm committing my life to you and, and I'm asking you to save me. And you can pray that prayer. And if you're genuine and sincere, we have the promise of Scripture that God will save you. And, and so we would pray that you would do that, that you would say that prayer. That's the prayer. If you don't have a relationship with Christ, that's the prayer he's waiting to hear from you. Matter of fact, you need to pray that prayer because he's not going to listen to your other prayers.
until you pray that prayer, until you're part of his family. Maybe you're here today and and you made that decision, that's great. In a few moments, we're going to sing, and I would encourage you to, as we stand up, to just walk to the back. We have people on a prayer team, and they're back there waiting to talk to you, to pray with you, and help you understand all of this and answer your questions. Or maybe you're a Christian, maybe you've been a Christian for a while, but your prayer life's not where it should be. Maybe you want to go back and pray with someone, or maybe you need to make a commitment today to, to start praying more, to, to schedule time, to spend time in prayer, to be specific about your prayers and to be serious about that. Maybe go buy a good book, call us. Let, we'll let you know a good book on prayer. And, and maybe go to one of the crosses and put a prayer request on the cross so we as a staff can pray specifically for you. I don't know what you need to do with those things, but I do know this. I know you need to be a disciple. You need a relationship with Jesus. And I, need, you know, I know you need to grow in that relationship with Jesus. And I know that you need to pray. So please do those things. Stand with us now as we continue to worship.